everybody. This is Culture and Convictions. I am Iron Petrie along with my wife and co-host Star Petrie. We are so glad you guys have chosen to push play and tune into this uh, podcast today. But we've got some interesting things to talk about, and so we're not going to belabor the time. Uh, we're going to jump right into the subject matter at hand. Go ahead. So today's show, we're covering, obviously, the, the unfortunate um, I- issue in, in Fort Worth and the death of a, of a young woman who obviously you know, didn't deserve to lose her, her life that night. Um, and so we'll cover Tatiana Jefferson and that and that mm-hmm. whole thing. And then also we're going to kind of transition into talking about um, something that happened a couple of weeks ago, actually, but the LGBTQ uh, CNN town hall that that went on and just hearing from, you know, Democrat candidates. Um, some of the things that they shared that night was, I think, pretty revealing. So, yeah, kind of um, wild. Yeah, Getting out of hand a little just, bit. I don't know. <laughs> I have questions. Yeah. Um, but we'll start off with Fort Worth and, and all of the, the turmoil that, this, that the city is going through, obviously mm-hmm. on the heels of um, the Amber Geiger decision um, yeah. and, and then unfortunately that situation. So most people are probably aware of what happened. Um, there was a, a call by a concerned neighbor, uh, Mr. James Smith, who said, mm-hmm. I, I just... I'm not saying anything crazy is going on. I'm just saying that the door is open, you know, the door is open and the lights are on and it's two something in the morning. So um, I guess when dispatch gave that information to the police, they they gave it as an open structures call, which changes um, their approach to how they're going to 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 answer and respond. Um, And obviously we know tragically what what happened. Um, at the end. So, you know, this was something that obviously, you know, caught wind very quickly and you and I both were kind of in, enthralled in the information that was coming oh, out, yeah. you know. Um, just, like I said, I, I never want to sit back and, and second guess um, what law enforcement does because I understand that I, as a private citizen, have never signed up to be, a, you know, in law enforcement. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I understand that, that they see the the underground the the, mm-hmm. the belly the the, the that's right the just the most insane things that happen um amongst human beings so i, I certainly i'm not going to sit back and try to second guess what they've done um but i do certainly have you know just some questions as to you know how could this have worked out better dif- differently yeah. um for everyone involved because it's not just the fact that a young woman has lost her life it's the fact that her eight-year-old nephew was in the room. It's mm-hmm. the fact that the the neighbor, you know, carries a sense of of guilt because he's like, you know, all I did was call yeah. because I was concerned about my neighbor, you know. So he did it from a place of, hey, I just want to make sure y'all good. Um, so for it to turn out so tragically, obviously, um, you know, again, it just it, it was just a sad situation. Yeah, I, I don't know that I've seen two instances back to back you know especially in such close proximity in the same really same city oh, same yeah, metroplex, metroplex yeah. um in dallas you know it, it's a second home for me and I'm, I'm, my family and everything and actually were born and raised there uh so it, it's it's real you know I, I don't i don't recall i don't think ever experiencing two things back to back so and i don't mean this to sound um, you know, numb or or you know, disingenuous, but so out of bounds mm-hmm. in how this is happening with police officers, mm-hmm. uh, and and citizens. I, I've never seen two cases. I mean, one you've got somebody showing up at the wrong uh, apartment complex and shooting someone in their home. Well, just the wrong apartment. Wrong, wrong, well, wrong apartment. Right. Okay, right. excuse me. Same complex, wrong apartment, wrong floor. Okay? Then you've got someone showing up at someone's home on a wellness check and shooting them in their home. Right. You know, and it's like I don't I can't remember a time in my life where I've seen these things happen right behind one another. So I can understand people emotionally are somewhat rubbed raw. Sure. You know, that sure. that we're at a point now where we're like, okay, um, what modicum of trying to see through the whole matter is gone. Now, some people, it's gone before they even, you know, all they've got to know is a few things and they've already gotten emotionally distraught about it. 
But for reasonable people who are trying to think through these things and are trying to make sure that they're seeing things properly, um, to have things stacked one behind the other like this, it causes you to bring, it causes you to question a lot of things. And for me specifically with this particular instance, um, by all accounts, when he through the through the cam footage, when he a, a, approaches the the home, the lights are on. Now that's my, my first thing. Yeah, I mean, they go up to the front door. It's kind of like, why don't we just knock? My, my first thing is the lights are on. The door is open. Once again, I'm not a police officer. Sure. I don't know what you're trained to do in that situation. Sure. It's two thirty in the morning. Okay, it's a, it's an odd hour for lights to be on and doors wide open in any neighborhood. Right. But it's not beyond the pale. Okay, it's not like beyond anything you could ever imagine happening. And so for for them to approach and for them to go to the front door, look inside. You can even see the footage watching it, Mm -hmm. looking at toys and different things in the floor. I, I just I don't see why someone does not make their presence known that is uh responding to that call i just don't understand that mm. i now i can understand that maybe you feel like okay well I'm, I'm approaching something where a robbery may be in progress so do i make myself known i, I don't know i don't know what their protocol is sure. but given the way those things happen and the way in which there was no there was no uh you know like i said there was no announcement of who you were let me see your hands. And I mean, the shot was like a second yeah, later. It was, was not no. even, it was not even remotely, there was not a moment for response. Sure. Now, the report comes from uh, the little nephew that the young lady had a gun and had pointed it toward the window. Yeah, because she heard somebody because rifling she heard through her back. Rifling through her yeah. backyard, yeah. exactly. And so she is in, her and her nerves uh, undoubtedly are taking uh, control and she's about to respond in self-defense sure. and this person is outside and you're in uniform and there's been no I mean I just I don't get it I don't yeah. get that at all and I'm sorry I, I this one has me drawing a blank and saying you know what um, there had to be some procedures that fell through the cracks here oh, no because doubt. this had no business happening, I, I'm, happening. I'm, I'm knocking on the door I'm I'm police and I'm not by myself. Right. Number one. So there is just an utter failure, which, you know, how I am about these things. Like you said, I try not to play Monday morning quarterback. But for me, I'm always looking to what's going on systemically Mm -hmm. or what's going on when it comes to the process of training and other things, because. You know how I feel. You know how I get, and I'm going to try to maintain myself, but you know how I get about what I feel about how police officers should be trained. Sure. And sometimes when I see police officers, I am not impressed by the physical representation. I'm just not. Because you, you deal with a lot of stuff, and I'm for you. I'm with you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to support you. But I, I'm one of those people where I'm like, look, I need to know that these people are getting the top-notch sure. training and the screening that is going on for people's mental uh, uh, stability, their ability to handle pressure, to deal under stress, right. what type of responses are happening during these assimilations, whatever they're doing. Because this type of thing, it just... From the outside looking in, and maybe there's a bit of naivete on anybody on the outside looking in, right? Mm -hmm. But on the outside looking in, this is unnecessary. It really is. Now, it's just me talking. Right. Well, I mean, you know, I... I listened to the Fort Worth police chief and I, and I, you know, in his remarks, I I get it, you know, and he, and he mentioned the fact that, you know, look, we, we go out every day and with the goal of making connections in communities, trying to, to establish goodwill, you know, trying to make our presence felt in a positive way. And so it only takes one, you know, incident like this that just completely upends all of the work that, that those who are, you know, focused on making those relationships and doing the right thing that are, you know, all the time that they've spent. And that, and who's to say that that officer is not one of them. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that, again, 
and and I'm not a, a police apologist by no means, but I can tell you I've had several, not several, but I've had enough instances with police officers who were of the sure. who were of the other persuasion. <laughs> and I'm talking, and I'm not talking about just for random traffic stops. You know what I mean? No, sure. seriously, yeah, because no, you remember no, yeah. there was a, and I'll go to this story real quick. But you know, he he and I were were at my parents' house. I got Caleb with me. They had put the we had tried to set the alarm or something happened. And my parents, I think had changed the alarm, the code uh-huh. and the alarm goes off. And so this is one of those alarms that rings out like audibly out, like, uh, yeah, you know, outside. everybody, their mama can hear it. Yeah. And so the, the white officer pulls up and he says, you know, ma'am, you know, y'all okay. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, we're good. Here's my son. We actually are staying here. These are my, this is my parent. You know, I have uh-huh. to like feel like you have to go out of your way to explain everything. But he was courteous. He mm-hmm. was like, it ain't no problem, long as y'all are good, no issues. And so what I'm saying is that we we cannot try to typecast or to or to assume, I think, in these situations that it's always racial. Because to me, when I look at that footage, how could he tell who that was? Mm-hmm. I mean, how did, how could he decipher that that was a black face? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that people ultimately have are very skittish because of the society and the environment that yeah. we have created. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, uh, the 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 uh the frenzy, if you would, that has been created over past stories. Uh the animus and the the hatred, the it's created a very very tense environment between police officers and the black community. It just has. And um that that is something that both sides are dealing with you know when black people see sirens pulling them over for a traffic stop or anything they've got i mean their nerves are heightened they're wondering they're worrying uh and then at the same time police officers are on the other side wondering and worrying as well i know i've uh, you know my own personal experience i've been pulled over by you know a few cops in my day not a lot uh, i try to well I can't say that I always obey the traffic laws, but <laughs> I try to do what I can. Sometimes I'm in a hurry, but I have been pulled over before, and I remember distinctly being pull, pulled over in a downtown, and I didn't know where I was going. So I was kind of looking at different buildings and markers trying to figure out where am I going because I was trying to get to a certain place that I'd never been to. And so I ended up drifting into the wrong lane to make a turn, and I think I made that turn anyway <laughs> because, you know, downtown there's lots of one-ways. And so, and I, and and the the police officer saw me, and of course he he put on his siren, he pulled me over, and uh, and he got out, and of course he was a white gentleman, middle aged white gentleman. He was older than me, looked to be in his fifties, uh, quite possibly. Sure. Uh, and he got out, and he approached my vehicle, and and I'm honest, honest with you, I had I had already let down my window, had my ID in my hand, I was I was just sitting there. You know what? Because it wasn't going. I'm going to have to let down. I'm you. Know, you're going to see my hands the whole time. <laughs> right. Okay. You're going to see me clearly. Uh, I'm. I'm not trying. But the thing about it was, I was watching him approach my vehicle, mm-hmm. and he did not approach my vehicle like some confident, I'm finna handle you kind of person, because once again, he doesn't know me either. Right. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's wa- walking up on, and so he was very cordial with me. He was just like he was like I could tell me, but you were lost. I could tell me, but you weren't. Uh, you didn't know where you were going. He was just like I just had to stop you, and uh, you know because of what you did. He said, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna write anything for uh, not write you up for anything or anything like that. Just, just black privilege. Just be careful. <laughs> <laughs> just be careful and kind of you know watch out where you're going. I was like, oh no 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 doubt about it. No doubt about it. But. With all that being said, I understand the tension. However, to me, this particular case, to me, it deals with me more or less in overall protocol. And sure. what what are you what are you being taught to do? But but it's in not, a case like that. It's, it's not just what they're being taught. But let's just be or honest. trying to do. It's it's also the caliber of people that we have applying to become police officers. And that's not to down everybody, but it is just to say that obviously. That's some great police officers. There's, there's no doubt about it. There's uh, no doubt about it. Every, every, every single day. But what I'm saying is that if I pay you, you know, a penny's ransom sure. to do a job that requires you every day to put your life on the line, yeah. what is my expectation for being able to continually, uh, that's a great, great point, continually put people 
of of good moral upstanding character who are just out there just doing it because they love people I mean how do I ensure that the best of the best decide to become a police officer and I think to me it's what do we incentivize them with because to me, when we have these conversations we de-incentivize those people who who say I do love people. Yeah. I want to help folks. Oh yeah. But I don't want to have a situation like this. Yeah. Obviously I don't want to I don't want to murder someone haplessly, but I also on the other hand don't want to walk around the streets always with people assuming that that I'm someone that just abuses and misuses power. Yeah. I don't want to be that person either. Yeah. And so if if we do not incentivize people to to A understand that that policing and citizenry both have a responsibility. No doubt about it. We can't just sit back and say, well, as a police officer, you ought to know the mind and the frame and the thought and the mm. intention of every person that you know. I can't do that. Mm. My, my, I can't do when it's dark outside. I can't see you. No. <laughs> and I'm thinking I want to go home. Mm -hmm. So, so yes. Can I be a little quick on the trigger? Sure. I can't. Should I be? No, I'm not giving any type of, mm -hmm. of room for that. But what I'm saying is that we still have to remember that people yeah. are human beings. Yeah. And unless you're going to take out a, out the human component and mm -hmm. say, why don't we just put some Japanese robots out there to go chasing after people, mm -hmm. then then we we have to deal with the underlying fact that it matters the type of conversations that we have around dinner tables oh, yes, in reference to policing, the type of media that we imbibe and then go out and... and and you know repeat yeah talking about policing oh yeah the circus that we've created has created a whole lot of problems it just has because nobody's coming at it from the perspective of wanting to solve the issue everybody comes at it comes at it from the perspective of wanting to uh if if it's racial if it's racially involved if race is involved in it sure uh or is um considered to be involved in it then that becomes the focus mm -hmm. not not how we can prevent it not what steps were taken that could be uh you know we could look at and, and try to understand what's going on here but it's, it all becomes about race and like i say there are lots and lots of white people being shot by white police officers sure but these are not stories you're going to hear no because those stories do not fit into the narrative that the mainstream media and the public wants to continue to harp on mm -hmm. and and they don't understand that they do it at the detriment of not only their fellow citizens but also of proper policing because after a while you destroy any any incentive for people to truly do their job for you there you go you see what i mean but at the same time with all that being taken uh in this particular case <laughs> it just uh, when you watch the body cam footage, you come away saying that didn't have to it happen. It didn't have to happen. Point blank, period. Don't pass no go. Doubt. Don't. I'm sorry. That does not have to happen. And I think on the part of the police department, they think the same way. I think when from you're what, listening. From what the police chief yeah, said. Yeah, from what the police chief says, you can see that it's kind of like, whoa. And you have to then stop. And what I'm saying is this moment should be a moment. It's sad, but. What would make it even sadder still is if we don't learn. Right. You know what I'm saying? Sure. If we get bogged down in race, if we get bogged down in the circus that can surround these things, instead of having a teachable moment to say, look, here is a beautiful young lady who has lost her life prematurely. Needlessly. Needlessly, unnecessarily. The one way in which we do honor to her is that we learn from this on the police side to say, how does this, yeah. this can't happen again, can't happen. ever, for no reason. Sure. And, uh, it, you know, and then people, because see, this is the thing that, that causes it to get lost, because see, then people will then post things and people will go get something. Like I saw some people go get a video of a young man who was shot, I think, in Detroit mm -hmm. on the street. Now, this young man was strapped with like two guns. Mm -hmm. Now he was supposedly had license to carry both guns. He had two guns on him, but he was behaving suspiciously to the point. Someone had called the police to come out and kind of just check him out. Sure. Right. So they're walking up to this young man and they start talking to him and the body cam footage doesn't have any sound. So they're walking up to this young man and he starts resisting arrest. Mm -hmm. And he wheels away and yanks his arm and, and his self away from the police officers that are trying to, to apprehend him. 
And then uh, in the body cam footage, it freezes to show you that the young man, he's got guns. He just got one. He got two of them, I believe. And so he pulls away from them, wheels around out into the street, and other police cars are coming up. And uh, he's reaching into his waistband where that gun is. Mm -hmm. And so the police officers shoot him. And people want to equate that. It's almost like people take that and they toss it in. You know, while we got the frenzy going, let's toss something else in and see what what people say about it. And uh, that does no justice to anybody because they're two totally different scenarios and two totally different things. And uh, and but that's just some of the things that happen to create so much smoke Mm -hmm. that people can't see clearly how to make positive change. And then, you know, you have the people who come in that just want to be rabble rousers. They're not really there. They they have no personal stake in the matter. I mean, honestly, they they could care less. This is just one more opportunity um, to stir up strife and discontent. And should people be discontented? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Should they be outraged? Sure. But, but, but in my anger, like you said, I, I, I still have to, there you go. And I still have to, okay, what can be done so that this never happens again? And I've heard some say, well, we need, you know, federal investigations and, um, or we need federal laws that, that, uh, that, uh, give, give police boundaries for use of force and things of that nature. But, you know, I just really disagree with that. And, and I'm going to tell you why, because I just don't think here, here's the deal. There's nobody that cares about your community like you do. Mm-hmm. So somebody in Washington, D.C., sitting in their office, having nothing to do but, but being told that they need to write some policy sure. is not the best person to rely on when you're the one walking the streets of Fort Worth every day. Yeah. And and, and so I, I also I, I just don't like the language, you know, yeah. I mean, people we're not safe. We don't feel safe. Well. Did you feel pretty good the night before that? <laughs> because you weren't writing that on yeah. Instagram. You know what I mean? You weren't putting that stuff out there. Yeah. You you can't use this opportunity now to then say that, you know, police officers all over Fort Worth have failed you in that way. Yeah. But but again, here's the deal. It, it's about communities and and communities have to be built around one principal structure, baby. And what is that structure? Family. It's the family. And the reason that we have the issues that we have in our society can can all be brought back to that one thing that God created, that first thing that he created, mm-hmm. which was that man and that woman together in the garden having dominion. And because we've created all kinds of alibis and reasons why a man and a woman shouldn't stay together, shouldn't be together, shouldn't raise oh, their yeah. own kids. Oh, yeah. Then we then we we wince and we're not sure and we cry and we gnash our teeth as to why so many civic systems are breaking down Hmm. because the family is broken because the family's broken. I mean, period. Why are we acting like we're so confused? So I'm listening to people at this Fort Worth city council meeting. And of course there's a bunch of yelling and hollering because people have to really show you just how, because in order for me to show you that I'm irate, I have to be loud. I have to be, you know what I mean? I got pound my fist. I've got to shake. Not necessary. At, at the end of the day, the Fort Worth the Fort Worth Police Department did go so far as to say, "Let's go ahead and put that video out now." Yeah, they didn't have to put that body cam footage out as as quickly as they did, mm-hmm. but they put it out there because yeah. ultimately, I think they wanted to send the message that we're just as disgusted as you are. Mm-hmm. This is not what we this yeah. is not what we expect for uh, for any of our officers. Yeah. So I, you know, I just again I. I keep harping on it, but people have to understand that their language matters, that they create an environment that's rife for people that are real fanatics, mm-hmm. you know, real, like, oh, uh, yeah. you don't take, don't take much to get me off on something. Oh, yeah. Those are the folks that, that are emboldened then to shoot police officers in oh, broad yeah. daylight. I mean, well, Those Dallas, are the people Dallas just had it. Absolutely. Just yeah. what, two years yeah, ago? Yeah. Just a couple of years it wasn't, ago. It wasn't that long ago. So it's kind of like this, 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 uh, I call it smoke. There's just there's just so much created with this narrative that is used whenever it is about whenever people want to interject race. Mm-hmm. When they do it, it is generally to stir up trouble That's exactly and emotions right. and minds and it and it totally takes people away from constructive change. See, that's one of the things that our four parents were able to maintain, you know, that 
in the midst of Jim Crow. Now we're not talking about we're not talking about uh, isolated incidents of prejudice and discrimination and racism. We're talking about pervasive. Right. We're talking about in the law books. We're talking about get off the sidewalk, boy. Mm-hmm. We're talking about you go around back. We're, we're talking about a blatant disregard for your humanity along with abuses and killings and, and the like. Sure. And in the midst of this, they're able to channel their anger. They're able to channel their their hatred and their frustration of, of the way things work. Mm-hmm into constructive change, mm-hmm. something that became a model for the world to follow. And you fast forward to today and people don't even have to have the the truth about a situation. And they've already gone zero to 100 about it. And they're already putting out hashtags many times, sometimes that are false, <laughs> not even true. Mm-hmm. Stuff that isn't even, isn't even remotely empirically true but they run with it and they set the world on fire sure (laughs) and and everybody seems to just want to do that because that's going to generate uh some type of uptick in their visibility some type of lifting of their platform and here it comes this whole race i'm going to say it this whole race industry that has been created complete with preachers and politicians and community organizers and lawyers complete with all of these figures. Here they come. Oh my God, here they all come and they descend down on the whole situation. And this industry then begins to peddle this narrative that does nothing for any of the victims. It only serves them. And that has got to stop because it's for one thing for people, for, for people like this young lady losing her life at 28 years old. Mm-hmm. It's another thing for people to surround her death with some degree, any degree of profiteering. Absolutely. Now, that to me is sickening. I, I, and and <laughs> forgive me because I can't stand that stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it, it bothers me for real. And so that's a good segue, right? That that uh, Tatiana Jefferson's father. Um, oh, sought, yes. sought a, a, a court injunction to stop the, the funeral that was scheduled for, I think it was Saturday the, the 20th. Yeah. Is that what that would have been? Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, part of his issue, I think, was he just wasn't included in, any, in anything. The, the um, funeral was supposed to be at the Potter's house, and uh, I think Bishop Jakes was going to give the eulogy, and then uh, Reverend Al Sharpton was going to come behind him with some remarks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, there's a, there's a video that I want to play that, that um, is, is from Mr. Jefferson, his representative, um, mm-hmm. just kind of talking about some of the things that are surrounding the death of, of Mr. Jefferson's child. And in light of that, you know, what people should be doing. Now, first of all, before, just before you play it, and, and, and I'm going to let you go ahead and play that, but I'm, we're talking about the young lady's dad. Right. Right. Now, why is, Someone is <laughs> his her dad, her dad is having to file a restraining order. Right. Mm-hmm. No, no, not not some distant. I'm talking about her dad. So my question is like, once again, when a young life has been lost, why on earth would that young life's biological father not be front and center Mm-hmm. For anything and the mother not be front and center of everything that is going on. Sure. And once again, all of this, this descending down with that whole, that whole racial conglomerate, they come <laughs> down and they take over and all of a sudden things start to become molded and shaped by those powers that be. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of thing that to me, it, it, eh, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> $10,000 to pay for funeral arrangements. He stated at that time, I have this covered. That GoFundMe went from 10000 to 50000 to 75000 to 100000 to 150000 to 200000 and it was a little over 238000 That's outside of the GoFundMe. I'm going to get there. The GoFundMe. So when you raise money for a specific purpose and that money is not needed i believe that you're defrauding the people who are weakened at heart that wants to do something 
So the very moment that the email was sent to Lee Merritt that said, stop it, she doesn't need it, it should have been stopped, but it wasn't. And so the problem is you create money and family is now looking at money instead of purpose. Yes, I do want to thank these athletes that have already wrote checks directly to the funeral. The funeral is paid for. So his policy will go into the foundation to serve the people. So having already paid is Harrison Barnes and Malik Jackson. So the funeral is paid for. And says, look, I have we take issue with the fact that there's a GoFundMe out there. Mm -hmm. That GoFundMe started out at ten thousand dollars and suddenly it's ballooned to like two hundred and forty eight. I think when I last checked two hundred and forty eight thousand dollars. And so his point being that obviously when he found out about the GoFundMe, he had reached out to Lee Merritt, who's representing um, his ex-wife or his ex-partner. I'm not sure if they were married, um, representing their side of the family and said, hey, I've got a policy for Tatiana, so I don't. We don't need any more money. The, the funeral he took taken out care this of. policy for her like twenty, 20 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. So there's no need for us to to ask people for any money. And I think that like something that you pointed out, which is you know it's a man. It's a, he's the father. He's like I got it's my daughter's friend. Yeah, I got this. I don't need anybody's assistance to bury my child. Um, and so back to what you're talking about, about profiteering. Obviously we know Lee Merritt from the Amber Geiger case mm-hmm. and his, you know, his representation there. And then now to, to this case. And so the, the question is just well, what necessitates uh, uh, an Al Sharpton coming to make any type of remarks um, on the heels of a eulogy uh. about, about your daughter? I mean, honestly, what, what would he add to, what can he share if he has no personal, um, tied to the family no no i mean really what is it that he's going to say uh, but that, i mean but that question uh can be asked and should be asked about any and all appearances when it comes to people being killed uh that you have no you don't even know these people exist and that's that's what i mean by a race industry it is it is dealers in race that they deal in race, they merchandise through race, they profit by race. It is a race industry, and it is and it is created for to to really benefit from situations like this. Anytime something like this and it makes national news and it begins to gain traction in the mainstream media and it becomes you know conversation piece for you know most of the homes in America and it becomes a big deal. And if race is involved. Uh, that is to say, if uh, a black person is a victim and a white person is the perceived perpetrator uh, of the crime, then that's when that industry shows up. And they come complete with all of these different uh, occupational uh, wizards. <laughs> and, they, and they come in and they do this they do this thing to where they, they, they take over the situation and the circumstance and try to control the narrative right. and write the story. Right. And you have a man like this who, this is his child. Like I said, so, so much of the time, it is just, it is lost. It, it is completely lost in the middle of all of this hustling. That this is a 28-year-old girl who had no business losing her life. Sure. Now, does does somebody need to pay for it? The gentleman, in my humble opinion, yes. Yeah, we have laws uh, against yeah, murder. We I have, mean, that's we just, have, that's we, all we've got that. But the idea of it being about race now has been interjected. Yeah. When at the end of the day, when he flashes the light through the uh, window, he can't see. the amount of time that body cam footage shows us, who How, could delineate who, who, who what is, color that so, person was? And did he wake up that morning saying, you know, I'm going to kill somebody black today or uh, on, on my mind? I've got yeah. no. You I'm know what just, I mean? That there, There's no. It, it becomes it becomes put in the stew and it doesn't belong. It, does not belong. it just does not belong. So why are we pushing it? And that's the thing that complicates more things than anything else, mm-hmm. because. On to the next thing that happens, it'll be carryover, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And if it and if it involves black and white, 
black and white, black being victim, white being perpetrator. Now, if it's white being victim, black Always. being perpetrator, oh, no. then we might not crickets. even hear about it. Yeah. Right. That's crickets. Because I know the liberal media has no interest in that being known. Yeah. Like, like that doesn't exist. Yeah. That doesn't exist ever. But this is the thing. It really goes to cause confusion and to really undermine justice That's because it. it creates a lot of emotions. It creates a lot of feelings and confusion right. and, and dysphoria on people's part about uh, things. And before you know it, nobody is really pursuing what is just. Mm-hmm. People are just upset. They're angry at the perception of racism and, and when it really has no it has no place, especially in this one. And that's exactly, I mean, I think that's at the heart of what liberals love to do, right? It's it's always to undermine the governing structure and to always cause people to think, mm, there's something wrong about that. And especially if I can do it based on something as simple as race, then I can say, well, mayor, you're white, so you wouldn't understand. Mm-hmm. I can say, police chief, you're white. So you wouldn't understand. Exactly. And obviously you'd be more inclined to cover up a heinous crime like this. So now I really need to watch this Fort Worth Police Department. Yeah. But again, when I sat there and I watched the police chief's remarks, he didn't strike me as a man who was, you know, unconcerned about the loss of life. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he was at all jaded um, to what had happened. No. And so, I, you know, again, race baiters aside, Here's the deal. As a society, we need to to figure out who's who's zooming who and who's running game on who. And I think sometimes we point it at people that really that's that it's not the case at all. I think I mean, good, goodness gracious, thank God for police officers. I mean, they're out there dealing with things and people that you know mm-hmm. not of things that, that oh, will yeah. never hit your doorstep because they're out there abating those who would do you wrong and do you ill. So I I definitely, I never want to walk away from one of these podcasts with anybody assuming that, that there's some type of angst with police because there's no. not. No. But, but they're also on the other side is to say, guys, we have so much technology out there nowadays. There's so many things we can do from, from psych evals to real life simulations yes. to, to training measures that I think become more and more heightened as they go, as they walk through the process. And then, hey, how about this? Why don't you pay them more? I'm all yeah. for that. Yeah. Okay. I'm not asking you to raise the stakes in their training, um, to to hire, you know, to make the, the the washout rate higher, and then still pay them peanuts. No, pay the men and women who yeah. decide to give their life and put their life on the line every day. I'm yeah. all for that. I have no yeah. problem oh, with that. Yeah, you got to do it. You got to do it. And uh, but unfortunately, like I said, a lot of these measures get lost in the smokescreen that is created by having these these entities in society that really swoop in to make names for themselves. And that's just the bottom line. That's the bottom line. And it's time for it to be plainly spoken, and it's time for people to find a new way to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> because that type of thing, and, and, and of course, it's going to go on in society. There are people who, there, there are those who profiteer and profit off of so many different things. But to me, it frustrates justice. Oh, of course. It undermines of justice. Course. It keeps us it keeps us from achieving many times what we say we want to achieve because we create these false narratives that stir mm-hmm. up emotions, that get people all out of whack. And next thing you know, you look up and people are shooting police officers, people are burning down their communities, people are doing all, all kinds, kinds of, of wild stuff. and crazy things. All kinds of and stuff. what is and what is any of that as a testimony? Right. To the slain young man, and in this case, young woman, mm-hmm. it's nothing. You know, it's 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 really just a, a disastrous thing, man. And I, and I just would love to see it stop. And uh, kudos to the dad to, to stand up and say, "Look, it's my child." Oh, and at yeah. the end of the day, oh, yeah. nobody sat down with her and had a moment <laughs> of life with her like I did, mm. other than the other rest of the family. You know what I mean? It's like people are. are Wanting to, I wouldn't want to make remarks at a funeral of a person that I did not know. Maybe to speak to people if I was asked to speak to people to encourage them. But I think funerals are such that when someone passes away, we should make sure that anybody who touches a microphone is fully and thoroughly endorsed by the parents or is a part of the family itself. Because that's not the time for, and death makes people do funny things. I'm serious. I've seen it. It makes people do funny things. 
because I think it speaks to us and it jars us about our own mortality. humanity and mortality. Sure. And people people start to feel the like this foreboding of their own end. Yeah. And so it makes people do strange things. I get that. But when it becomes national news like this, I, I think it's not just the, the strangeness of death. It becomes the fact that now you've got players involved mm-hmm. who see it as a means to push a different agenda. Sure. And uh, and I think that's sad. So we're, we'll continue to pray for, for Fort Worth, for Dallas, obviously, and, and certainly the communities there. Just, you know, it's a lot to take in, and, and, and it takes a lot not to get swept up in the current of opinion about one way or the other. But I definitely, you know, I pray that that cooler heads prevail, and obviously that the people who are in positions of authority make decisions, you know, that are that are right and that are true, um, for for the purpose of not ever having, not ever having something like this happen uh, again. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna transition to a, another topic. Um, I, this is a topic that, yeah, I will talk about it. <laughs> Just, yeah. Are you? Thank you guys. And my pronouns are she, her, and hers. She, her, and hers? Mine too. All right. All right, first question for the night. To validate the pain of our transgender siblings that demonstrated earlier and that have spoken up today, especially black trans women. But let me tell you something, black trans women are being killed in this country and CNN, you have erased black trans women for the last time. Let me tell you something. Um, as I know you are aware, trans people are dying. Black trans women are dying. Our lives matter. I am an extraordinary black trans woman and I deserve to be here. Yo, guys, chill out. Guys, relax, relax. My black trans sisters that are here, I am tired. I am so tired. I'm just sitting there, and it's not just my black trans women, it's my black trans brothers, too. And I'm going to say what I'm going to say. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. No, I'm going to come here. No, no, I just want to ask you something. Come here. Tell me. Come here. I want you to talk. What's your name? I'm Blossom C. Brown. Blossom, let me ask you. Google me. Blossom. Please Google me. Blossom, thank you. And next, Secretary Castro, I want to bring in Shay Diamond, a singer-songwriter from Los Angeles. She currently supports Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Shay, what's your question? Um, it's Shea Diamond. Shea Diamond. Put that on record. Okay. <laughs> it's on the record. Thank you. Yes, honey. It's violence to, to misgender or to alter a name of a trans person. So let's always get that right first. This is from your LGBTQ plan, and here's what you write. This is a quote. Freedom of religion is a fundamental right, but it should not be used to discriminate. Do you think religious institutions uh, like colleges, churches, charities, should they lose their tax-exempt status if they oppose same-sex marriage? Yes. There can be no reward, no benefit, no tax break for anyone or any institution, any organization in America that denies the full human rights and the full civil rights of every single one of us. And so as president, we're going to make that a priority and we are going to stop those who are infringing upon the human rights of our fellow Americans. All right, so that was, that. those were clips from the LGBTQ CNN town hall um, with, with 2020 Democratic nominees. Um, you know what what's befuddling to me is here's the deal they're gonna they're gonna run out of ways that they can divide people it's not just enough that you're L- lgbtq now it matters if you're black and lgbtq or if you're <laughs> asian and lgbtq and if you're and if you don't get the mic to speak then then ain't nobody speaking up in this piece because this i mean really at some point it's kind of like it's a race to the bottom. It's like yes. I'm just I'm going to be the victim. I'm going to be the person that's that's not recognized and not given a platform. And think about it. They're having an hour long, I think it was, at least an hour, hour and a half long discussion about a very small population in, in the United States. I mean, by and large. 
So, I mean, it, it bespeaks to just how much pandering, obviously, the 2020 Democrats want to give to this subject. Mm. But it also just shows that it was just, I mean, that it's violence if you get someone's how many how many people oh i have been so violated how, man, i'm I, trying to tell you the violence against me has been unbearable it's unbearable my, about out, uh, throughout my life I, uh, my first and last name i have just been third grade first day of school <laughs> starkista what oh, was man. that i don't oh, know man. but i just want to melt in oh, my desk man. i just want to become a puddle and just disappear so wow. no that's it I don't, I don't understand that. But think about that, that every, everything now is weaponized, right? Yeah. If you, if you, and that's the thing. Everything is weaponized. If I look at you funny, then, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to hurt and harm. If I, if I disagree with your politics, I'm trying to hurt and harm. Yeah. If I get your name wrong. Yeah, so. what, what we're going to do is I'm, we're going to smash any possible slight to the way I believe, I choose to live, I choose to vote, I choose to be. I choose to do that nothing it's not enough for you to tolerate me Mm -hmm. you're going to have to affirm me that's right you're going to have to go along with my way of living and doing and that is the that is what we have created and that is what politicians are I don't I don't understand it's what they're so masterful at right it's the it's the greatest sleight of hand you've ever seen it is art (laughs) At its highest, like, I'm telling you, it is, I mean, gracious. it is an art form. It is, it is, it is acting, you know, it is, it is, I'm serious. They, they should get Oscars because here we are in this society creating this type of environment. Now, if you're a Christian, <laughs> talk about it, right? Right. If you're a believer in Christ, if you're a believer in the biblical sense of than living a life in congruence with the Bible you say you believe, mm-hmm. right? Standing for the ethics, the values that it teaches. Sure. Then you are fair game to be violated. Oh, absolutely. To be talked about. Ridiculed. To be ri- oh, minimized. Demonized and the Italian. like. You, you're, you're, everybody has their lifestyle affirmed Except. but the Christians. <laughs> you and that Jesus, we you, just can't. You and that mm, Jesus mm. is the exception. No, no we're not going to have that. And, and, and when it comes to cultures, every other culture gets affirmed except Western civilization. Ain't that the truth? American culture. Oh no, no, no. You're not. No, you're not going to come at me with all of that red, white, and blue. Sure. <laughs> and so, I mean, here we are, man. And, and the sad thing about it is, a lot of sometimes the persecution comes from within. Yeah. Uh, the the very culture or within the very set of people that is to say there are a lot of christians who are very hard on christianity oh yes and christians oh yes i mean i mean jumping right in alongside every other every other particular group in society that has a question for christianity you got christians jumping up right alongside them too but you know yeah yeah yeah, I mean that. that I, I concur with that because Christians really need. To, well, now what are you? Well, I'm a believer. Then what? I mean, well, just I believe that. <laughs> I believe that we need to be more uh, inclusive and more loving and more. Nobody questions love. Nobody questions love. Nobody questions love. That is the that nobody. is the centerpiece of the faith. But I do Everybody. question you trying to trying to jam LGBTQ agendas down my throat. I do have an issue with you trying to put it in my baby's school. I do have an yes. issue with you trying to make it seem like it's normal. If yes. it was so normal, why do you have to work so hard? Why do but you it's have to not work? normal. It's not. It's not. It's not. So I don't know. I yeah, I ain't, I ain't down with that cuz there was there was uh, an instance on Nickelodeon. There was a show that they had on there. Oh, they do and the they, cartoons. And they are. had somebody and I I was like, "Ah, oh, no, oh, we ain't cartoon, doing that today, bro." The cartoon it is a sad state of affairs when you as a parent have to sit up and watch your 8, 7, 6-year-old, 4, 5, 4-3-year-old oh, sure. down the line cartoons yeah and vet them Mm -hmm. i mean really look at them check them out because of subliminal messaging and because of things they're trying to put in to start planting the seed oh yeah 
to, to plant the seed of of questionings. Sure. It's, a, it's like Satan in the beginning in the garden. He starts everything off with a question. Mm-hmm. Has God really said, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how he always comes. He mm-hmm. wants to create this this questioning, this lack of knowing. Sure, right. Yeah, sure. That we would know certain things, yeah. know certain absolutes, know certain ways in which we were to live and how we were to walk in those. And the best time to introduce that is when you're a child. Oh, yeah. Because when, when I'm a know. child, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking life as yeah, it comes, absolutely. man. I'm just rolling. I, I get up every morning and it's a circus every day. That's right. <laughs> that's something a, new. I'm that's learning a child. something new. That's a child. And so they try to introduce this stuff to knock these children out of balance and off balance real oh, early man. to have them wondering and live, living with questions and then knowing they're going to develop and they're going to grow and they're going to have hormonal shifts and changes and they're going to start growing through the change and going through puberty and all this stuff. And they're going to start feeling awkward. Just uh, just typical, right? Typical. Everybody's going to go through that. They're sure. going to start feeling awkward and, and somewhat. And they want to undermine the influence of the parents and come in and tell you, well, that awkwardness, they want to use that awkwardness as a means to kind of let you know that you should really just be exploring and questioning things. You don't, you don't know anything right away. So sure. just no, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> this is this is not how we are to live. No. And that's why I have a problem because because Christians will, will stand up alongside this stuff and go, yeah, we should be all about love. But love isn't guiding you in your unwillingness to respect my choice. That's correct. So so your love is expressed in it in, in respecting everybody else's choices. But mine. <laughs> So, no, don't don't come at me with your love because you, 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 you're not talking love because love is married to truth. But but this is the stuff that we have here. And the political left has made a full on embrace. Absolutely. Of the most far left stuff that is out there. Absolutely. I mean, when I I have to be honest. When I change my channel over to the debates for the Democratic Party, I, I was tickled, <laughs> and I'm I'm serious. It it bothered me because I felt like, what are they talking about? You know what I mean? There was nothing substantial hmm. on the part. And I, and and here's the thing, it's gotten so bad, even long term supporters of the Democratic Party know that it's gotten bad. Sure. Even they have. Sure. So they, they, they know it has. Because there's no, there's very few middle grounds. There's, everybody is just extreme. Everything is out there. Extreme left. And people have no, they seem to have no ability to articulate a very cogent policy or to articulate the wherewithal to have the ability yeah. To to be able to create policy for America. But I don't have to do that, that if I say you get free Medicare, you get uh, free, dude. you get free college, you get free. And everybody's like, well, that sounds great. But how are you going to pay for it? But, bro? but we've all lived long enough to realize there's no free lunch. We 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 got that. We may, phones, we may not want to admit it. We may not. We may not want it. We may not want to admit it, but we know it. Right. We know that somebody is footing the bill. And so. When Bernie Sanders stands up, I mean, he's sitting there talking about this for all and that for all. And I'm listening to him like, brother, the only thing for all that you are proposing is cost because you are about to tax some people out of the wazoo. Poverty for all. (laughs) That's all that's going to be for all. Poverty for all. You're just about to increase everybody's economic burden. That's why I love when they always talk about the wealth gap and the wealth gap has grown. But but yeah, here's they're gonna get rid of the wealth. That's, period. That's, that's exactly right. The whole point is so that no one, there is no middle. No, no, the no, middle no. class doesn't exist anymore. Be no, it'll be them. It'll, it'll, it'll be, be them and the underclass. There you go. Yeah, and, and that's that, exactly how that, people like it. That's how it'll work, and they'll have you under the thumb. But it's just nonsensical that this kind of stuff is going on, and I think that you see blowups like that happen because they have they've created that environment, and it's backfiring. And it's going to continue to backfire. Yeah. Because you, you've unleashed a lot of stuff that really has no, so no substance, no real merit in terms of what is in the best interest of the American people. And we really You're catering to just these specific little groups and their wants and desires. Right. And I think too that people, 
people just understand that the, okay first it was it was it was niche and it was different and okay people just trying to express themselves yeah and then after a while people get to the point where they're like well wait a minute now i don't want this showing up everywhere it's gotten aggressive okay i don't want you in my bathroom I don't want you in there with my kids. It's I, you know, aggressive. things like that. Just they become a little off-putting for I think anybody. Oh and, no! And, no. and again, this is where family comes in because there is a complete shift for those of us who are still, you know, halfway sane in the world. There's a complete shift between my singleness and my family life mm-hmm. because once I'm married and I have those kids, there's a whole different dynamic of thought. Oh yeah. A whole different dynamic of how I vote and oh, my, yes. my thoughts about community and my thoughts about school and my thoughts about, no doubt about everything it. begins to change relative to the fact that now I have a family. Yes. Right. So they they begin to inform some of the things that I think are most important mm-hmm. about safety and policing and and all, yes. sexuality on TV and everything else. And here's the deal. We have got we have got to put a stop to this hypersexualization of kids because this stuff ain't cute and I get tired no. of a, I get tired every time I turn on Yahoo and everything else hearing some story or seeing some headline of somebody who's molested touched groped done whatever here's the deal America is a very simple thing to deal with people people are not that out of control no they're not people are not that without self-restraint mm-hmm. I mean honestly just like the worst if you're if you I offend you then you best cut it out <laughs> and, yeah. and this is where we are here that if, if your yeah. hand if your limb if your hinder region is giving you an issue it yeah. might be better for you to just cut it off <laughs> because at some point I think as 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 people we should start demanding more from politicians to do more about that problem. Yeah. I'm sorry, y'all, but it's getting it's it's just getting oh, tired. Yeah. Oh, it's it's getting ti- it's, it's, yeah. it's beyond. It's yeah. gone beyond. But it's it's because we are choosing to not have any type of responsibility around sex. Period. That's right. Whether it's hetero, that's right. Homosexual, uh, you name it. That's we, exactly we are right. we are attempting to live outside of the boundaries that was given to us by the Creator. And so where, where, when, once you erase the line, where do you redraw where, it? At, that's exactly right. Where do you reapply that's it? That's exactly when right. When do you stop it? And if you do attempt to stop it at some other place other than where it was originally drawn by the creator, mm-hmm. then aren't you going to run a file of someone else who at that point wants to express themselves as well? So it's kind of like, you know, we're, we're, we're in this, this quagmire to where, you know, we're either, it's, it's just this plain. You either get back to the Bible. Or we get more of the same. That's exactly. That's right. just it. That's Isn't that it? That's it. Right. That's it. That, that that's where we are. It, it, it's no. There's no gray area. There's no. There's no in the middle, in between anymore. There's no. Well, we got to think about these things. and We got to be wise. No. We either going to get back to the biblical absolutes, or we're going to get more of the same because there is nothing else to reestablish the line out there, and so. This is what you get when you begin to remove the boundaries around sex and sexuality given to you by the Bible. Mm-hmm. This is what happens. This is what you have. And then you destroy that, that great institution called family that protects and nurtures and grows and is a part of facilitating a healthy maturation sexually. Absolutely. You know, all of that's involved in family. Absolutely. Having a father to sit down, talking about the, the proverbial birds and bees having a father to talk having a mother to talk to it it facilitates growing these young people up and maturing them sexually properly so when you destroy that unit and you open that floodgate uh, like i've said all the time you can't then tell the water where to go and that's what's wrong with our society and that's it (laughs) well i I just think that that is so good though exactly what you just said just the, the fact that we we cannot there is no boundaries. I mean, there is none. And then we're just amazed at the things that we read on the news or how could that ever happen? Mm-hmm. It's because, you know, we said we didn't like standards a long time ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so take little those, by little, little by little, that's right. No things more just, Ugh, they, We can't they do that. They get out of control. And people yeah. are like, how, how, how could that happen? Yeah. So I, I really want to, and, I, and hopefully I'm speaking for you too, Gary. We, we want to impress upon the folks that listen to this podcast to do more than simply just, just listen. But, but ultimately, think about this. Think about getting involved. Think that not, just, not just where you are, but in your churches, uh, civically, whatever else. Because ultimately, it's going to take people of faith 
it's going to take people who say, yeah, this yes. it, it really is getting messed up out there. We have to do more, right, than just sit on our couches and, and talk to each other because this right. is something that we've talked about, that, that how do we get involved and how do we begin to make make changes in our society and they're going to yes. be incremental they're not going to be seismic shifts i mean let the lord should move and uh, we're always open to him moving absolutely but without that though we still have to go out and plow the field yes, and do, do the part that we have to do so i i want to leave you you know with the scripture because like i said it's it's important that obviously this is called culture and convictions and mm. we don't want to not leave you with that but um proverbs 12 verse 2 or excuse me, verse three, wickedness never brings stability. This is the New Living Translation. It mm-hmm. says, wickedness never brings stability. One more time, I want to let you guys know this. Wickedness never brings stability, but the godly have deep roots. Mm-hmm. And and really, when we're talking about conservatism and, and, and liberalism, just, it's, that's the difference, right? That, that, yeah. that as a conservative, we believe that truth is deep-rooted. Yeah. And it has a track record. Yes. It's proven. Right. No and, and, and the wicked are busy coming up with schemes and plans and things that ah, that ain't going to work. It just don't make any sense. So anyway, wickedness, instability, craziness, chaos, just what we witnessed uh, from that video that we played. We thank you for listening. Dear, what do you have to say? Until next time. Oh, okay. Look, I'm, I'm excited. We'll, we'll talk to you guys next time on Culture Convictions. Make sure you tune in for more of the dialogue that we're going to be having because we're going to keep bringing it to you. So thank you all for liking, subscribing, sharing. Until next time, be blessed.